Before we get into the word, let's close our eyes and open in prayer. Heavenly Father, we humble ourselves before you, Father, believing that you exist and that you diligently reward those who seek you in the name of Jesus. Precious Holy Spirit, you are the most qualified teacher to teach you this word. I fully rely on you that you will think through me and speak through my mouth, removing confusion, uh, dispelling any fear that faith will rise and bringing understanding that they will not only be hearers, but will become doers of the word. We thank you. I fully rely on you. I'm at love in your hand. Use me the way you, you see fit today in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 You can take your seat. You can take your seat. I also want to take this opportunity to thank Pastor Abby uh, for giving me this opportunity to come and minister. I always, I'm, always, I'm forever grateful, man. I'm forever grateful. I, I never thought I would stand in front of people and minister the word. I was always a shy person. I was forever shy. Uh, that person that will come to church, sit at the back, and leave. Uh, that was me. Even in class, when I was in high school, when we were doing, uh, what do you call them, uh, presentations, uh, speeches, I'll tell the teacher, rather give me zero. It's fine. Because I know I'll cover up in the test. So I'll only say, no, give me zero, it's fine. I never wanted to be in front of people and speak. But what was my weakness, God turned out into a strength. Amen. So no matter what weakness you may think you have, but in the hands of God, God can turn it around. He can turn it around. And definitely if he can do it for me, he can do it for you. The title of the message today is Kingdom Stewardship. Kingdom Stewardship. Pastor Tando was talking about something similar on Friday. He was talking about the kingdom, and I spoke with him after the, the youth meeting, and I said, looks like you'd, you've taken my message, but for me, it was a, a confirmation that that's what God wants to talk about. That's what God is saying in this season. So, kingdom stewardship, kingdom stewardship. Yesterday, we had an opportunity to go to Tembisa, Tembisa Christian Family Church. Uh, it's another uh, CFC based in Tembisa, and we, we got to see what they're doing, and we even asked the, the, the senior pastor if we can bring the leadership of the church and people from the church just to see what they're doing right there. There's a, there's a building that they are busy building. My God. My God. We do, uh, Pastor Moses, uh, we took a tour with him around the building. I've never seen so many offices in that building. Offices. And it's huge. If you look at the stage, the stage probably is from there. I don't know. Maybe until there. That's how big the stage is. From there until there. That's how big the stage is. And it's, it's huge, man. It's huge. And it's, 
Things like this is where members come together and they bring the plan of God. The pastor shares the vision. The members, as us as the members of the church, we finance that. We finance that. That, that was never going to be possible if the members stood back and said, ah, it's your vision, Fundis. It's your vision. God spoke to you. We're not there. Do it. But members came together to say, this is what God wants. It, not, it, it did not only become his vision. It became their vision. They carried that vision together with him. And it's amazing, 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 amazing. Amen. The first scripture that I'm going to be reading today, it's Matthew 6.33. Matthew 6.33. Matthew 6.33. I'm sure all of you guys know that of heart. Matthew 6.33. It says, but seek first the kingdom of God. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you. But seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first the way God does things. It never said seek second. It said seek first. So it places the importance of the kingdom. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added. They shall be added. So we're going to be finding out how... God operates and how he wants us to respond to how he operates. Because any kingdom has a way of operation. Every kingdom has its way of doing things. If you go to, let's say you go to Swaziland. Pastor Linda's from Swaziland. If you go to Swaziland, they do things differently than we do here. You can't apply what you do here in Swaziland. You can't do that. Or China or USA. You can't go to USA and go to the shop and you have rands in your pocket. You say, I would like to buy a can of Coke. They're not going to sell it to you. Why? They don't accept rands. Their kingdom does not accept rands. They work with, if you go there with dollars, they'll gladly accept them. But if you go with rands, they might even report you. They'll probably say it's some illegal money that you have. They might not even know what it is. So to know the kingdom, we need to know who's the owner. Who's the owner? In Psalms 24, verse 1. Psalms 24, verse 1. We're going to be reading a lot of scriptures, so I'll advise you to take notes. Psalms 24, verse 1. It reads as follows. It says, The earth is the Lord's. The earth is the Lord's and all its fullness. The world and those who dwell in it. Those who live in it. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the waters. The earth is the Lord. The earth is the Lord and all its fullness. So everybody that's in that's on earth, belongs to God. Say this, I belong to God. 
The second scripture that I want to read is 1 Corinthians 10, 26. 1 Corinthians 10, 26. It says, For the earth is the Lord's and all its fullness. The earth is the Lord and all its fullness. Everything that you see, everything that we have belongs to God. The world and everything in it belongs to God. It belongs to God. God is the creator of the world and everything in it. All that we see belongs to God. Everything was created by God. God created the world and everything in it. In Genesis 1, Genesis 1 from verse 1 to to 3, to 2. Genesis. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning. I don't know if there can be more beginning than the beginning. In the beginning, God created. So it means it was non-existent. It never existed. So God, in the beginning, created the heavens and the earth. Let's say I'm a, I'm a creator of this phone. Let's say I created this phone. I'm the one who came with everything and then I created. Who does this phone belong to? Let's say I've created it, Mongezi buys it. He buys it. Who does this phone belong to? The phone belongs to me, but it has been administered to Mongezi. Mongezi has bought it, but I own it. You, you own an iPhone, but Steve Jobs own, owns Apple. You may have an Apple iPhone, but he owns the company. You are just a user of the product. You are a user of the product. You are not the owner. You are just the user. You are a user of the product. And that, that's what I want us to, to learn here today. Because, you know, my message is more on giving. I'm going to talk about giving just after this. Uh, you know, people struggle with giving because there's ownership. There's ownership. You own it. Everything is yours. It's my money. It's my car. It's my house. It's my wife. It's my everything. It's my kids. Everything is me. Me, 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 me. But we've learned that the earth and everything in it. I don't know. In everything, is everything included? So there's nothing left out of everything. Nothing. So other scriptures that I'm not going to go into, I'll just give you. Uh, Exodus 20, 11. You can write that down. Acts 14, 15. Uh, Revelations 4, 11. Those are the scriptures that you that. It's Exodus 20, 11. Acts 14, 15. Revelation 4, 11. We are still finding out who is the owner. Human beings are creatures created by God. 
Say this, I am a creature created by God. You see that in Genesis 1, 26. In Genesis 1, 26. Pastor Ibi read, read this. It says, then God said, let us make man. Let us make man. Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let us make. So we can see that God is the one that created, that made you and me. When it says man, it does not mean man only. It includes women as well. Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. That is Genesis 26, 126. God made man according to his image. Genesis 2, 7. Still confirming the same thing. Genesis 2, 7. It says, And the Lord God formed man out of the, out of, out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. And the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living thing. So we've just seen that God is, God is our creator, God is our maker. You know, many people believe that, uh, not many people, but the science people believe everything happened with the Big Bang. I've never seen a disaster creating something. If you had to put a bomb in this building, let's say you put a bomb, uh, let's say you put something like a C4, you put it here, then obviously you, you activate it, it bombs this whole place. It destroys the whole building. I can't imagine a Ferrari being carved out of that explosion. Imagine a Ferrari F-Spider being carved out of that explosion. Or a beautiful watch, a beautiful watch, let's say a Rolex watch, out of that explosion, here's a Rolex watch. For me, it doesn't make sense. I don't, you don't have to use a lot of reasoning, but... It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. When the engine of a car explodes, it does not create another engine. It's telling you go buy another engine. It's telling you go buy another engine. God owns the world and everything in it. There is a connection between creation and ownership. God retains the ultimate ownership and authority over the world and everything in it. God is the owner. You know, I used, to, I, used to, I used to question God a lot when I read the scripture where the children of Israel, uh, when they left Egypt, they left with gold, they left with silver, they left with all the good things. And there's another scripture that says that the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. And I used to look at that uh, I'm like, but God, the children of Israel were stealing here. They stole. 
They stole. Uh, to me, it looked like they stole. They took something that does not belong to them. And when I read the scripture, when I, re- when I found out who's actually the owner, you know, Mercedes-Benz might own Mercedes, but God is the owner. How is God the owner? What is a car made of? What? What is a car? Yes, it's an idea, but what is the physical thing that they use to make a car? Metal. Where does Mercedes get the metal? From? It's a natural resource which they did not create. A natural resource which comes from the ground which God created. How many of you ladies have a diamond ring on? A diamond ring. A diamond ring on. That diamond, you might have bought it from American Swiss, name them. So you bought it from there. American Swiss turned that into a ring, but they did not manufacture the diamond. They did not. They found the diamond on the ground that God created. What are they? They are just managers of what God created, they are not owners. It belongs to God. It all belongs to God. When Mercedes creates that beautiful car, the metal belongs to God. The aluminum belongs to God. They're just taking it and turning it into a car and claiming ownership of it, but it belongs to God. Because if God had to go to Mercedes and knock and say, bring all my metal, (laughs) if he knocks and says, bring all my metal, Because it looks like you guys are using what belongs to me. And you are claiming it's yours. You are lying to people that it's yours. So that's what happened when the children of Israel left Egypt. God took what was his. He took what was his and he gave to his children. The Egyptian had it. They thought it's theirs, but it was not theirs. It was God's. It belongs to God. It belongs to God. When the children of Israel left, God said, my kids, I see you are leaving, but you can't just leave empty-handed. Let me take what belongs to me that has been wrongly in the wrong hands. Let me give it to them in the right hands. The children of Israel left rich. And they left, they left with the gold. They left with the silver. So it blew my mind when I, when I saw this that God was just taking what belongs to him. He was just taking it. What Pharaoh was doing with God's gold, God gave him to manage it. God gave him to manage it. He was just a steward. He was a steward. When you are an employee, let's say you work for a pick and pay. Your owner, you you manage a shop, you manage a branch of a pick and pay branch. And the owner comes. You are just a manager. The owner comes. The owner has every right. They can go into the store and take anything they want and not pay. And there's nothing as a manager you can do. Because you are employed by the owner. The owner can come in and take a, a, a cold drink and drink it in front of you and say thank you and leave. You can't call the police. What are you going to say to the police? 
the owner came and took what belongs to him. That's what God did in Egypt. He took what belonged to him and said, it's time. Because you've, I, I gave you this gold to manage it nicely, but you've been use, misusing it and, and abusing my people. So when they leave, they're not going to leave empty-handed. I'm going to give them what is, what is mine. I'm going to give them what is mine. Everything that we have belongs to God. Everything. In, in 1 Peter 4, 1 Peter 4, 10 to 11. 1 Peter 4. It says, as each, as each has received a gift, employ it in serving one another as good managers of the grace of God in its various form. If anyone speaks, let it be as it were the very words of God. As each has received a gift, you've all, we've all received a gift from God. It says, employ it in serving one another as good managers. As good managers. A manager is never an owner. A manager is not an owner. It's like when you're, when you're renting, let's say you're renting in a flat. Usually you don't speak to the owner, you speak to the landlord. The landlord or the, the caretaker. We'll call, them, we'll call them caretakers. A caretaker is there to make sure that when you enter into that building, you have all that you need. They are there, to, they are there on behalf of the owner. They represent the owner. If there's something wrong, they manage it to make sure that it's all in order. But they are not the owner. They are not the owner. They are just managers. Everything that we have, we have been freely given or have obtained from God's earth. Everything that we have, everything, everything that we have, we have been freely given by God. The clothes that you are, you are wearing, Woolworths might have made it, Adidas might have made it, Nike might have made it, but where does the cotton come from? Where does the cotton come from? It comes from God's garden. It comes from God's soil. It comes from God's earth. It was watered by God's water. <laughs> it was watered by God. So God brought it, watered it, and grew it. When you take it, he's like, this is my cotton. I'm going to make one, two, three. I am the owner of this cotton. But God is the original owner. God is the owner. Are we learning? Are we learning? Are we, change, are we renewing our mind? That's what the word is supposed to do. It's supposed to renew our mind. Learn to understand how the kingdom operates. And the reason why a lot of people struggle with this is because there's, 
There's an, we, are so, we are an entitled generation. Very entitled. Feel like everything, everything is mine. And even, even you yourself, even the life that you have. You don't own your life. Somebody didn't wake up today. They didn't wake up because they don't own their life. Own it. It can just, in a second, gone. If you owned it, you could live for however long you want to live. But you have no control over it. It can just happen like that. You know, in accounting, there's, they say there's two things that are certain in life. That is death and taxes. <laughs> there's two things you can't avoid. It's a tax and death. You can't avoid that. The ideas that you have, the very brain that you have belongs to God. I love to say, if you had to stand with God in court and God is accusing you and he's saying, less than between me and you, give me what belongs to me and take what belongs to you. You are standing in court and God's saying, give me what belongs to me and you can keep yours. Give me what belongs to you. It's still coming. Yeah, it's coming. It's on the other part. Yes. Give me what belongs to you. Give me what belongs to me and take what belongs to you. The very Mandela that you're holding in your hand belongs to God. It belongs to God. Money is made out of paper. Paper comes from a tree. Who made the tree? So who does the money belong to? Reserve bank can't say, oh, we, we own the money. If God takes away the tree, <laughs> there's no money to print. The coins, the coins, they use bronze, they use silver to make them. If God has to say, okay, bring my silver, bring my gold, bring my bronze, make your coins. Okay, as you're about to make your coins, bring my hand. <laughs> Before, before you have the other end, God says, give me my eyes. He says, give me my hair. <laughs> give me what belongs to me and you can keep what belongs to you. Nothing, child of God. Nothing. We have nothing. We have nothing. Everything belongs to God. And that's the attitude that I want us to have, that everything that we have belongs to God. Everything. Your child, your, your kids, they belong to God. They belong to God. You might have participated in making them, <laughs> but they belong to God. Uh, who, who knows how babies grow in the stomach? Who knows? No one. How, how is a baby formed? No one. But a baby somehow just grows in the stomach. I've never seen this thing. A person comes out of a person. So at the same time, there's two lives inside a person. 
For me, that's just... And that person grows. They grow in the stomach. They're able to eat. They're able to eat. They're able to function nicely in the stomach. You can't explain it. But that's how God made it. And science have failed to replicate that. They've tried, but they can't. They've tried, they can't. They can't make what God has created. So I want to explain the word steward. The message today is kingdom stewardship. I want to explain the word stewardship. And it comes from the Webster's Dictionary. And it says, it is the job of supervising or taking care of something such as an organization or property or taking care of something. So it's, it's the process of managing. It's like managing something that does not belong to you. That's a steward. A steward, it, it, it manages or a property of another. You see, you'll have like a, let's say, a complex. A complex, let's say a complex is built. Uh, that complex hires a, what we call a managing agency. That managing agency is there to manage the, uh, the complex. They don't own it. They manage it. They are just managers. So a steward is, in simple term, a manager. It's somebody who takes care of something that belongs to another. You, you are responsible of what does not belong to you. You are responsible of it. And we are responsible of everything that belongs to God. We are stewards in the kingdom of God. We are responsible for taking care of everything that God has given us. We are responsible for it. The same way, if somebody had to borrow you something, you'd take care of it. You'd, you'd make sure it's in good condition. You want to keep it in good condition. And you want to return it to the person even better condition. But with God, we don't want to do that. We want to stay with what God has given us. We want to close the doors that God has given us. When God has given you, Miles Monroe makes this example. He says, let's say you have a million in your bank account. And God says, take 100,000 and give it to GWCFC. Take 100,000 from a million and give it to GWCFC. And you say, ah, God, no, 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 it's too much. And Miles, Miles Monroe says this. He says, God could have asked for the whole one million because that one million belongs to him. But he decided, no, let me leave you with something. Let me just take this more. Let me leave you with the 90. Let me take 10. He could have asked for the whole 100% because it belongs to him, all of it. But he decided, let me just take 100,000 so that you can keep 900,000. But even in that, we fight God. We fight him. We fight him. So stewardship is management. You are managing the property of another. You're managing something that does not belong to you. 
The first people that were employed in a management position in the Bible, it was Adam and Eve. They were employed in a company called Eden. They were employed in a company called Eden. They were placed in that company. They were given regulations. They were given all the things to do. And God gave them one. There's a, there's a part where God gave them and told them, you can eat of every tree, but not this one. You can eat from every tree. You are free to eat from every tree, but not this one. What was God trying to teach them in that? He was trying to teach them you are not the owner. You are not the owner. You have control over everything, but don't eat that. That belongs to me. That, that was a daily reminder that they don't own the garden. Because if they own the garden, they can eat everything. If they own the garden, you, can, you own your house, you can eat everything in the fridge. But God said, of this tree, don't eat it. It belongs to me. And in this day and age, I'll liken that tree to tithe. That tree is like tithing. Because God has given you the 90%, the 100%, and he says, this 10%, don't eat it. It's mine. It belongs to me. Take the 90. Give me the 10. Adam and Eve had... I don't, know how, I don't know how many trees we have, how many fruits and veggies we have. They had tons and tons and tons of fruits and veggies. They had more tree than what was not given to them. Only one tree was not given to them. They had dozens and dozens of trees to eat from. The same way with us today. When you look at it, you, you may feel like or maybe me, I feel like God is robbing himself because God only wants 10%. Imagine you, let's say you give, let's say somebody has your money. Say somebody has your 100,000 and you go to that person, you're like, no, just give me 10,000. From what you owe me, just give me 10,000. How many of us can do that? <laughs> we even charge interest on top. Like if you haven't paid by this day, I want 115,000. But God is a fair God. He gives you the 100% and he says, I just want 10. I just want 10. He could have said 30%. He could have said 40%, or in this day and age, let's go 50-50. <laughs> let's go 50-50. But God said, no, I know my child has to live. Let me just take 10%. Let me take 10%. So Adam and Eve were put in that garden, and God told them, don't eat from this tree. Don't eat from this tree. You can eat from every tree. Eat from every tree, but don't eat from every tree. Don't eat from that tree. Taylor, please bring what I asked you to bring. Please bring what I asked you. Please, please. Thank you. 
from that tree. You can eat from the banana tree. You can eat from the apple tree. You can eat from... Thank you, thank you, man. My, your evil is my evil. <laughs> I am the, God has put me as the manager. I'm the manager in that house. <laughs> I'm the manager in that house. If anything goes wrong in the Lebesi house, God looks at me, not you. <laughs> if, if, there, if there's no food in my house, God looks at me, not you. So I can take as I please. <laughs> Amen. And I just took one because there's more. I took one. <laughs> I took one. There's more at home. I took one. Amen. Yeah, I just took 10% there. So after God having put Adam, there's, there's only one, out of everything that Adam did, there's one principle that I love that he did. One principle that he did. God gave him uh, fruits and veggies that have seed in them. And he said, when you, when you, when you after you've eaten from the fruit, sow so that you can get more trees. So he carried on doing that principle over and over. Imagine if Adam decided, okay, here's an avocado. Tahila, you were supposed to cut it. No, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. She says she doesn't want to come to the front. She... So here's an avocado. How many of you guys love avocados? <laughs> Here's an avocado. Uh, I don't know, it's, is it a fruit or? Yeah, it's, it's a fruit veg. We'll just put it as that. So here's an avocado. An avocado has something in the middle. I don't know if you guys can see it. There's something in the middle. And Adam was given the, the task of eating, sowing, and making sure there is a continual uh, continual line of trees. Imagine if Adam had the last avocado. He had the last avocado in his hand. And he opens it. He's like, Eve, look, this is the last avocado that we have. This is the last avocado. Then he, he eats the outside. Then he looks at the seed and he's like, that could be delicious as well. It looks appetizing. Then Eve says, break it, my baby, break it. <laughs> Adam breaks it, and they break the seed, and they eat the seed. Would we have avocados today? We wouldn't have avocados today. Because the avocados that we are enjoying today, they were dependent on Adam. Sowing. So Adam, when he looked at the fruit and he looked at the seed, he took what was for food and he took what was for sowing. So inside the fruit, there was food and sowing. There was what you have to eat and what you have to sow. 
So if Adam took the avocado or the peach or the mango and he took at the seed and said, ah, this seed looks nice. Let me chow it. We would have never had these fruits today. The, the, the avocado tree would have just ended in Genesis. It would have ended in Genesis. We wouldn't have known that there is an avocado because the seed could have been eaten. The seed could have been eaten. What is my point with this? In everything that God gives us, there's always a seed. Inside everything that God gives us, there's a seed. You know, with the fruit, it's easy to recognize that, okay, I know I have to eat the outside. The middle part is the seed. But in our life, it's like that as well. In our finances, it's like that as well. When God gives you a salary, there's a seed there. There's no scripture in the Bible that says, thou shalt live by salary. There's no scripture. And when, when I did tithes, I think last week or the other week, I said, salary is not enough. Salary is not enough. But if you get paid by the 25th, by the 1st, you're like, ah, when is month end? When is payday? Because God never designed us to live on salary. He never. Salary, it is, it's, it's man's plan to try to live. It's, it's what man has designed to live on this planet. But that's not what God designed. God designed seed. God put a principle in Genesis. In Genesis 8.22, there's a principle that was put that is still relevant today. It says, as long as the earth remains, which planet are we on? Are we on Mars? Are we on Pluto? Where are we? We're on earth. It says, as long as the earth remains, seed, time, and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will not cease. Will not cease. It shall never come to an end. So as long as those things that I've mentioned at the top are still there, it will not cease. This principle will never stop. If I had to take this seed and put it to the ground, it will grow an avocado. And inside this seed, you can't, you know, you can't calculate the avocados in the seed. You can't. Inside this avocado, probably there's, let's say, a thousand avocados from one seed. So you really can't count how many avocados will come from one seed. So God has given you. He gives you the increase and when you get, whether your salary or whatever, God is looking at you and he say, my, my child, there's a seed there. Don't, look, don't eat the seed. Plant the seed. Plant the seed. Don't eat the seed. The seed is meant to be planted. The seed is meant to be planted. It's not meant to be eaten. God has entrusted us with that principle that we carry on sowing. We don't eat the seed. A steward is given the responsibility of expanding 
and protecting resources given. A steward is given the responsibility of expanding and protecting resources given. As a steward, you are given the resources. God gives you the resources, but you need to learn how to manage them. You need to learn how to manage them. And one, one of the, when I was preparing this message, uh, what I felt strongly in my heart and what I know it's robbing people from being true steward of God is debt. Debt. D-E-B-T. Debt. It robs a lot of children of God from being from being good stewards. Because when you owe something, it becomes, it's like you are a prisoner to it. If you don't pay your car, they'll come take it. They come take it. It becomes a burden when you can't pay your debts and it becomes uh, difficult. It becomes very difficult. I know there's people who really want to honor God, but because there's so much debt. There's so much. When your, when your salary comes in, there's so much. By the time you check, it's on negative. It started on a big positive. By the time it ends, there's, there's less than what came in. You're on, you on overdraft. That is not the plan of God, child of God. That is not the plan of God. God wants us to live a free life. The only, the, only, the only person that should have rule over us is Jesus. No debt. No debt. No sickness. That's why God provided healing. Because he doesn't want sickness to have rule over you. God has put these things in place so that when attacks like that come, you can fully rely on him. When you look at a bond, a bond is 20 years. I'm, I'm 31 now, so if I take a bond, I'll be done when I'm 51. That's 20 years of bondage. It's bondage. It's bondage, child of God. But it's the, system of the, it's the system that is operating. And when I was doing this message, I was telling God, I'm like, God, I just took out a bond. Me and my wife bought a house. And he was like, like to me, trust me. Trust me to finish this bond before 10, 20 years. Before even 10 years. Yes, even five years. God can do it. That's what God wants us to do. When we're in situations like that, trust God to get you out of it. See, when you're in debt, the, big, the biggest thing that you can trust God, come out of debt first. Come out and ask God to bring you out of that first. Because when you're out of it, you're free. There is no freedom that being out of debt. Believe me, when I, I remember when I paid off my accounts, there was like something that was just lifted off. I'm already lightweight, so I was lighter than that. 
Imagine lightweight being lighter. <laughs> Amen? God wants us to be good stewards. He wants us to be good managers of what he has given us. And the devil will fight you. The devil is not going to make it easy for you. Even in those situations, always look for a way. You know, Pastor Abi always used to say, you know, you can't afford not to tithe. If you're struggling with tithing, find ways of rearranging your finances. Find ways of rearranging. Find ways of rearranging so that you can. Because you not tithing is, is not affecting God. It's affecting you. God gives you his money and he says, give me 10%. When you give him 10%, he said, I'm going to bless you. Take my money that I gave you and give me 10%. In you giving me 10%, the floodgates of heaven will be open. If I don't do it, I'm robbing myself. I'm the one who's not benefiting from it. I'm robbing myself. And God wants you to benefit. You know, some of the struggles that we face in life is not really the devil. It's principles of God that we are not applying. A lot of things can be just solved by principles. Easy as that. They can just be solved by principles. They can be solved by principles that God has put in place. If you decide to forgive, you're not going to have problems with people. You're not going to have problems with people. Stephen Furtick said he was complaining to someone and saying, that person stole my joy. They stole my joy. You know, I was so happy they stole my joy. And God told him, he's like, God told him that your joy, your joy is your job. Your joy is your job. My joy is my job. So I must manage it so no one must come and take my joy. And God told him that it means you need to learn how to manage your joy because there's no enough security for someone to not come in and take that joy. He says that God told him that it means that your, your joy is open, it's wide open, it's not closed up. There's no security around your joy. Someone can just come in and take your joy like that and throw it away, then your day is ruined because of someone. But you are the one who's responsible to manage your joy. I'm, res I'm responsible for how I feel. I'm responsible for how I do things. I'm responsible. I can't blame another person for how I act. I can't. Oh, she made me angry. That's why I acted that way. No. No. It means that person has power over you then. You can't. You are responsible for how you do things. If you are a happy person, you are happy even when someone is angry at you. Your happiness is never defined by how the other person sees you. It's decided. Pastor Abi read the love of God. The love of God is decided long ago. There is nothing that you can do to separate yourself from the love of God. Somebody stole my happiness. They took my joy. They took my life means you are a poor steward. 
because you can't manage it. You can't manage it. You need to learn how to manage it. And challenges come, child of God. Challenges come, but you need to learn how to stand on the word of God. You need to stand on to learn and say, this is, my, this is the day that the Lord has made. I, will, I, not God, I will rejoice. This is that God has made the day, but I will rejoice. God made the day, it is my responsibility to rejoice. It's, my, it's not God's responsibility. God gives you the day and say, my child, here's a day. It's a beautiful day that I've made. You want to be angry, you wake up angry. Somebody just cut you by the traffic and you are just, oh, your day is ruined. I, I remember I was driving with Tando. You know, Tando always likes doing this. We're driving, we're passing Main Reef, so there was load shedding. And we, obviously we had to pass because it was a turn to pass. So when we passed, there's a taxi that stopped in front of us. So we stopped the cars that are going that side. There was this man. <laughs> I've never seen an angry man like that. If it was possible, he would come out. And that time, the time that he's shouting, Tando is laughing. Yeah, you know, we are talking, me and him, and he's laughing. And in my head, I mean, I'm, I'm scared. I'm looking, I'm looking. But if this guy comes out, we have to fight now. <laughs> and Tando is not there. Tando is just talking. He's like, ah, leave him, leave him. We have, it's the road, it's the road. What can we do? Where must we jump to? And I'm thinking, he's talking, but I'm thinking, I'm like, Lord, I don't want to fight. <laughs> I'm going to run away from here. But that guy's day was ruined from that small thing. Something that was even out of our control. It was load shedding. It was load shedding. When it's load shedding, you pass and taxis just stop in front of us. What can we do? What can we do? And he was swearing like nobody's business. All the fingers were, were up. He, he couldn't keep his head down. Like the fingers were just up. So imagine such a small thing ruining your whole day. Such a small thing. Poor management. We need to learn how to manage what God has given us. There's a, there's a, there's a, there's a story of the talents. God gave one ten. He gave the other five. He gave the other two. Is it two or one? One. He gave the other one. And in my mind, I used to think that God is talking about talents, like talents, singing, uh, dancing, all of those. <laughs> God was talking about money. It's money. And I'll show you how. I'll show why he was talking about money. It's Matthew 25. I'm closing. Matthew 25, 27. Matthew 25, 27. It says, So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers, and at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. So God gave them those talents, and He said, You should have deposited the talents. This is when I realized, I'm like, okay, you can't deposit, uh, let's say I have a talent of dancing in the bank. 
or talent of singing in the bank. God was talking about money and he was talking about poor management there. That people need to learn how to manage their money. Need to learn how to manage your money. God, you know, God cares how we use our money. Very much, he cares. To the finest detail. When God created the ark, he told Noah exactly the type of wood, exact the measurements that he wanted the, 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 the ark to be. That's how detailed God is. God cares how you use your money. He cares. And he wants us to manage it well. Because when you manage what God has given you well, God says, whoever is faithful with the little will be ruler over much. So if you're not faithful with the little that God has given you, you can't be ruler over much. God can add because you're struggling with what you have. You're struggling with where you are. And God says, be faithful there. Manage this well so that I can add more. I believe God wants to add more to each and every one. He wants to add more to everyone. But how do you add more water to a, a sinking? Let's say there's a, there's a bowl here. It has holes in it. And God wants to pour himself. He wants to add more. The more he wants to add, there's holes that just takes the water down. So the, the, the bowl can never be full. No matter how much God pours. No matter the water he pours, he can take a, 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 the whole Val River and pour it in there, but it's just going to go down. It's just going to go down. It'll be like nothing has been poured in it. So let's close those gaps, family. Let's get in line and let's manage our life. Let's manage our finances. Let's manage everything that God has given us well. The same way you would want somebody to manage your property, to manage everything that you have well. Imagine your, your salary, unless it goes to any of the banks, you trust the banks to manage your money well. You trust them to manage it well. You're not even, you're not even scared. With, what, if, what if Standard Bank takes my salary? What if they take it? Yes, it's there, but what if I go there and there's no money in my account? But because of what? They're good stewards. And they have a track record of being able to manage people's finances. You're able to trust them. You can sleep at night knowing that your money isn't there. You won't even think about it. You won't even stress. Did we learn something? Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much.